Last summer, my friend Tira, Tira Hader, packed up her Brooklyn apartment and hit the road with her dog. Toby! Puppies! After about 10 days of driving, she arrived in L.A. with every intention of staying there. But after a few weeks of West Coast living, realized that she wasn't ready to break up with Brooklyn for good. So she plotted a scenic route back east, packed up her car and her dog, and hit the road again. A day or two into her trip back home, she found herself amongst the arid, desolate remains of a town in the middle of nowhere, getting the lay of the land from a young woman named Eileen. No. See how, it looks flat, but this is basically like a hill. But there's all kinds of garbage out there. There's glass, and it's amazing how much garbage. Eileen's petite, slight, and strong, with short brown hair not unlike Sigourney Weaver wore in Aliens. She wears what I would call a cowboy hat, but what someone who'd ever actually met a cowboy might just call a hat. In the photos Tira sent, she's wearing a pink button-down shirt splattered with red flecks that could pass for blood, but are probably just paint, and cat-eyed sunglasses with thick white frames that somehow seem more modern than anything else in view, even though they're retro. There's an, there's an airstrip here. And you would totally land on it still. In fact, I heard that people were, like, shuttling drugs out here and using that airstrip. But, like, I haven't seen anybody land on that thing. I think it would be great. <laughs> the town was established in the late 1800s as a water refilling station for the steam locomotives that passed nearby. A little under half a century later, the area boomed with the discovery of oil and natural gas, and by the 1940s had become a popular rest stop and home to about 200 people. But as the use of steam engines declined, so did the town, which was all but abandoned by the turn of the last century. By now, it's an entirely flat, barren desert, littered with decaying cars, crumbling sun-bleached buildings, shuttered businesses, oil wells, and old junk left over from the railroad days. There's like bunnies everywhere, hopping through broken glass and like old school buses. And there's like one house, and she lives there. She's Eileen, the town's population one. For the last two years, she's been restoring dilapidated buildings and crafting experimental housing out of whatever she finds lying around. She renovated the town's single-room post office and rents it out to people who, like Tira, are making their way around the country by way of the desert. There's no running water, but there is Wi-Fi. So the police kind of know like who I am and what I'm doing out here. Some guys give a shit and some guys don't. I had like six boys over here for like a week, and they were all these artsy kids. They were like urban outfitters display artists. I had a film crew here. That was one way I made money for a little while. They were doing this stupid zombie music video thing. I, I had a neighbor for a while who was a sex offender. That house right there couldn't be any closer. <laughs> and I mean, he was definitely dangerous, <laughs> but I also felt kind of bad for him. There's oil guys. that are total like scary dudes that run the oil company. The mailman this morning was so rude to me. He is the crankiest man. It's a shame. It is a shame, because it's like my one constant person that comes out here. <laughs> and that, more or less, is how we ended up out here, in the middle of the desert, with two girls, a dog. Wait, is the gun on safety? Yes. A gun and a ghost town. It's not, but yeah, we can even bring it. We can put it away. Do you want? Here's Eileen. Okay, so I was carrying that gun when this happened. But I was working on this pathway in the front yard, and... All of a sudden I hear like this shooting noise. I'm like, that's weird. But people shoot around here, like people shoot guns or whatever. Then stuff around me starts getting hit. And I look and there's a white truck and there's two white guys in it with guns pointing at me, shooting at me, right? I was like, okay, like taking breath, like, okay. I've got no bullets in the gun. Even if I did, what the fuck am I gonna do, you know? 
I'm like, these guys are doing this on purpose. But if they wanted to shoot me, they would have got me. Like, they were trying to scare me. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that right away. I'm pretty sure they were shooting at me with a 22, which from that distance wouldn't have killed me. But they could have, you could it's have still a fucking killed. gun. Yeah, it's, it's like, okay. Yeah, like, like calmly, just get away from there, but also like figure out what to do. She went inside, made a sandwich and waited for the shooting to stop. It took about 20 minutes, but when it finally did, she went so, back up front. Get back to work and then the same thing happens again. They had moved, they had parked somewhere else. And I'm like, totally scared. And I've never been shot at before. Yeah. This is not normal for me. Like. So I just like go in the back here and I'm thinking about what do I do? What do I do? Like, do I call the police? Like, who are these people? Are they gonna come back? Like, what the fuck, you know? And then I saw them leave. They went down that road over there. I'm like, oh fuck. Like, cause I know that anybody that goes down that road has to come back this way. These roads only go so many places, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, then I hear shooting over by my neighbor's place with a bigger gun. It must've been a shotgun. And I was like, fuck, I wonder if that's the same guys or what. And then this police car rolls up in front and I was like, hey, dude, it's so funny that you're here because these guys were shooting at me. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, yeah. so happy to see this guy. And I said, I don't know for sure, but I think those guys are over there. You know, it wasn't that long ago, but they went down that road. And this, this police guy was like, not even phased by this. He said, well, that's interesting because the reason why I'm out here because somebody set off the alarm over there, but the owner called in and said those guys are allowed to be there. And I said, well, I don't know for sure, but I think those are the same guys. I don't know. And he says, okay, well, I'll park by the gate. Maybe they're drinking and I can get them for like drunk driving or something. Like it wasn't enough. That he was shooting that at That those you. guys were shooting at me. I knew that was them. I knew they came from that house. And I was thinking like, oh, I get, apparently this is normal. Like, okay, I guess this is not a big deal. Because I felt like it was, but this police <laughs> officer is like telling me otherwise. And even in my mind, I was thinking like, maybe that wasn't those guys shooting over there. And I was like, all right, well, I guess they're gone. And the police eventually left. And like maybe five minutes later, those guys come roaring around from the back exit with their truck. And those guys started shooting at me again, right? And I was like, fuck this, I'm not moving. They're gonna have to get tired of this. Cause I'm not going in like, fuck these guys. This is my house. Yeah. If they want to shoot me, then that's what they're going to have to do. Cause I'm not giving them whatever it is they're looking for. I just went back to work, you know? Bullets flying and I'm just like digging, but they did get tired of it. After they got tired of shooting at me, they drove right past it and they're going real slow and they're both looking at me. I had clip on sunglasses, I took them off and I just like looked at them with my eyes. The shooting thing, I mean, it fucking worked. I was scared, but that thing, when they when they looked at me like that, was like, fuck. That was scarier than all of that. Like, I've never been so th threatened just by, like, a look. The men in the truck turned back around and drove off, heading east. Eileen stayed behind, again wondering what to do next. I called the police station, and I said, do you know Officer, his name was Officer Honor. <laughs> I said, oh, no. can you tell Officer Honor that those were the guys? Those were the guys. They were over there. This is what happened. I was right. And she was like, I think he's almost to Moab now. I'm like, all right, well, those were the guys. So whoever was allowed to be there were the people that were shooting at me. 
Then I called the owner of that place, who I know, and I was like, what the fuck, man? Who did you have over there? Like, who are your friend? Like, who is this person that was shooting at me? And he was like, oh, it's my brother-in-law. And I told him the whole thing that happened. He was like, oh yeah, that guy's an asshole. Why didn't you shoot back? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why didn't I shoot back? Like, what am I gonna get to some kind of gunfight <laughs> with like two men in a truck? Like, anyway. A captain came out talking to me about it. And he was like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, you know, it's it's my word against two guys. And he, he basically said like, yeah, you might not want to do that. I said, All right. So I didn't press charges or do anything like that. But apparently they know who these guys are and yeah. they have some kind of reputation with the police. So the sheriff guy, he says, yeah, you're not gonna have to worry about those guys. Like they, they won't be here again is what he said. And I haven't seen him since. When she told me this story, I started shaking. It was so scary. Oh, it gets me mad just to think about it. Because who are these assholes that are just gonna like sit in a car and shoot at a woman alone in the desert? You know what I mean? Like, like wh what kind of idea of fun is that? But I can't let them know. Like, you can't let anybody know that you're scared out here. Because I've been scared. But the minute somebody knows you're scared, it's almost like they've already won, you know? <clears throat> the other thing that scared me is like, like those guys know that I came here from Illinois, that I'm gay, that I'm like a baby killing liberal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and I asked John on the phone, I was like, do those guys know that like I live here, that I own this land, like I'm not a tourist, like, you know, do, do, they, do they know who I am? And he says, yeah, they know who you are, which, which makes it way worse. Yeah. <sighs> that was a, that was a day. That was a that was a rough day. Eileen still lives alone in the beautifully barren town where we met her. These days, she's restoring a leftover log cabin from the 30s that she plans to rent out alongside the post office. She never saw those men or their truck again and survived to tell us as much. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't stop giving guns to men who hate women. Mm -hmm.